Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne Podcast, where we hope to inspire, stir, and provoke you to know Jesus and make him known in your daily life. Enjoy. Perfect. Think like it's very difficult to measure the goodness of God. It really is because when we think, oh, we can't be forgiven, or oh, he doesn't want any part of what I'm doing, or he doesn't want to see me anymore. Like, it's hard for us to really measure the goodness of God. And a lot of times, our own shame and guilt and condemnation will lead us out of that. This past um, Friday, I think it was, we went to the, the Lions Carnival, and there was an individual there that we hadn't seen in years, years. And they opened up to us, and, and, and they were like, you know, I need to come visit y'all's church. I haven't been to church since my child was born. I don't know, their child was six, seven years old. So it's been a while. We're like, wow. We're like, yeah, I come anytime. And then they just unloaded on us about how the reason they stopped going to church was because they messed up. They did something messed up. They, they messed up. And, and they, they said that, that the guilt and the shame kept them from going to church or going to God. And I was like, And I told this individual, I said, you know what's so silly about that? And I said, even though I understand where you're coming from, because, you know, I I know the feeling. I said, the silly thing about that is that God's not even looking at that. You know what I mean? Like, like he's not looking at the at the 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 issue there, because once we repent, it's forgotten. And it's his goodness that leads us to that repentance in the first place, knowing that we can come to him when anything's going on, anything we've done or anything's wrong, we know that we can openly come to him in our sin and ask for forgiveness. And in doing so, his goodness leads us to repentance. It changes our mind on that thing. The goodness, the, the, the utter goodness of God, knowing his goodness and knowing who he is, Not only will it shape and change your life, but it'll do it to the world around you. The other day I was talking to a buddy of mine, and I'm just kind of wellspringing here. I don't have much notes. I literally just have Hebrews 4.16 and and a Psalms. So I'm just going to kind of wellspring and just talk about, you know, like, I know him as a good dad. I I have a good dad. My, my, My father's an amazing man. I think I may have shared a story growing up. He was a truck driver, drove a lot. We didn't see him a ton. But when we'd come home, we'd, we'd love when he was there. And what I began to learn about God as a good father once I came to know him is that he wants to be with me. Like, like he wants to be with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and we were, we were talking about how a lot of times in church culture, we as man, we preach or we minister out of the way we know God, and sometimes the way we know God is not correct. Let's just be, let's be real about it. I've heard people preach things from the pulpit that I was like, in no way, shape, or form does that even look or smell like the goodness of God. But they're, they're ministering out of revelation based on how they've seen him or encountered him. And sometimes we make Christianity unattainable or a hard thing to get to because we make God a hard thing to get to. And so we'll use vocabulary and we'll talk about things and we'll, we'll, we'll analyze and discuss things that, that sometimes make God unapproachable. 
Sometimes we, we, we make holiness something that cannot be attained. It's pretty simple. What does Paul say? Be holy because God is holy. Be holy because God is holy. Be in a place and in a situation where you are just truly laying everything out and saying, God, here's my issues, here's my flesh, here's my desires that's not of you. I'm giving it to you, and I'm not looking back. Why? Because he's good. And in his goodness, he has made a way for us to be free from every sin, every issue, and every mindset that could so easily ensnare us. That's how good he is. He is so good that he said, you don't have to do a bunch of works to get in right standing with me. He said, all you got to do is believe in Jesus. That's how good he is. He's so good that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross so that all that believed in him, believed in Jesus and his resurrection would not perish, but have everlasting life. This is how good he is. He's such a good God that the veil or the curtain that once stopped us from going into his presence continuously and consistently, that big veil that was once there, he's so good that he himself ripped it and said, now you can come boldly. You know, another word instead of boldly in the original translation is bluntly. Now you can come bluntly. You ever met a blunt person? You're like, whoa, take it easy. They're really blunt with the way they, they, they say things. Like you can come bluntly into the throne room of God. You, he, he doesn't want you to dress yourself up before you step in there. That's how good of a God he is. He's not looking for you to be perfect and then you can come. And sometimes in church, I'm going to be honest with you, we make it like that. We make it unattainable to get into his presence. Oh, if you want to walk in this ministry, you got you, you to pay this ultimate price. What price is greater than Jesus on the cross? Anything we could ever do is incomparable. What, what, what you're asking me to lay down pornography? That's easy when I see his goodness. You're asking me to lay down alcohol? That's easy when I see his goodness. There is no price that's unattainable to get to him. He made it simple. Man makes it hard. It's his goodness. This, he's a good father. Psalm 66 says, Come and see what our God has done, what awesome miracles he performs for his people. He made a path through the Red Sea, and his people went across on foot. Wonder how easy it is? He didn't say, hey, I'm going to cause you to swim and get through this. It's going to be crazy. It's the Red Sea. It's long. You're going to have to swim through some crazy waves. He said, no, how about I just split it wide open and you walk across? This is the goodness of God. See, where man would want to make uh, uh, the, the father's love and, and, and the father's gifts and the holiness and everything he has to offer, man would want to make it unattainable. He's saying, hey, I'm just going to split it wide open and you just walk right through it. That's how good God is. It's his goodness that leads men to repentance. One of the things in the church culture that often happens, and you guys know my heart, but one thing that happens in the church culture a lot is we tend to easily condemn political figures and celebrities. 
Like if they do something we don't agree with, we're quick to condemn. Real quick to condemn. I can't tell you, you look at just the presidential stuff. Quick to condemn. Now I'm not agreeing with these things, hear my heart, but what I'm saying is that the Bible says clearly that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. So what if instead of us condemning or, or, or throwing darts at things that we that, that hey, this doesn't line up with what I agree with. What about instead of condemnation, we started releasing the goodness of God? We talk about this testimony where there was a woman who was an agnostic who didn't even believe in Jesus. We asked her if we could pray for her. She says, no, I don't believe in Jesus. I'm agnostic. And then we end up praying for a co-worker. She sees the goodness of God and says, okay, pray for me. It was the goodness of God in that moment that opened a door to an individual who didn't even believe. It was the goodness of God. It wasn't me getting into a spiritual debate with this person, saying what you believe is wrong. Let me tell you the right way to believe. I said, no, you know what? Let's just show the goodness of God. <laughs> Psalm 68 says he is a father to the fatherless and he's a defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. Check this out. God places the lonely. He, he, he places the loneliness in families. Those that are lonely, he's going to place you in acceptance. And it says he sets prisoners free and he gives them joy. He's a father to the fatherless. And prisoners he sets free and gives them joy. Joy is good. One third of the kingdom is joy. He is a good father. Cue the music. He's a good, good father. <laughs> he really is. And if there's one thing I want you to take away from this, it's that in all things, he made a way to be close to him through his son, Jesus. You see, through Jesus, we are now in right standing with God. That's the goodness of God. He made it that easy. In fact, while we were yet sinners, he had a plan to be close to us. So here's what I want to say to you. Beloved, in your day to day, begin to meditate on the goodness of the Father. Like, like truly begin to take into account just how good he is. <laughs> he really did it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so good. He a good, good father. That's who you are. That's a cool song, though, because it is who he is. He is a good, good father. <laughs> Begin to, to, to take into account how good he is. Wednesday during service or during uh, cleanup and, and, and worship practice and stuff on Wednesday, I walked in and as I walked in, I was hit. I was like, glory. And, and, and there was a few, Sandy Jacob and Nicole and Karen, they were praying for a woman by the door. And I mean, I walk in and I was like, whoa, like just like, okay, something has been happening here. And so I walk off and I'm praying with them and stuff like that. And, and I notice that they're just really going to town. So they, they, are, they are making declarations, breaking stuff. She is just weeping, just broken. I'm talking about ugly cry. God is moving. It's so beautiful. And she opens up and she talks about how 
she had, she's been clean for a week, and she was about to go to rehab. She was down the street, am I right? She was down the street and felt led to come to this building. We'd never met her before. We didn't know her. She came here to this building. She was like, something led me here. We know that's the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> she was led here and received some major breakthrough. And at the end of the conversation, God had some words of knowledge for her situation. But I was able to share a testimony really quick with her. I shared my story. And, and within about a few moments of sharing my story, her eyes were real big and her mouth was just, she's just looking at me like this. She could not believe when I shared my testimony with her of where I've been, where I was addicted to, how, how deep and dark the situation was in life, and now I stand before her completely and utterly transformed. And we were able to say, it's the goodness of God. Like, like it's the goodness of God. If, if you're in a place where you think something and you can't change, or a family member or a co-worker, you're like, oh, they're always going to be in that. Anything like that is not the goodness of God. Believe and trust in the goodness because his goodness transforms because his goodness leads men to repentance. And repentance is not just asking for forgiveness, guys. It's your mind being completely changed to that thing that you just repented for. So, for example, I was a raging alcoholic. I repented. God delivered me. So my mind on alcohol was completely shifted, meaning I'm no longer, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's that? Yeah, I'm no longer bound or recovering from it. I'm completely set free to where we can now go into bars and minister to people there without any hindrance. Why? Because he's good. And it's his goodness that changes our minds on things that we're struggling with. It's his goodness. It's his goodness that made it very easy and simple to come into his presence boldly. Like, think about that. Like, he, it literally says, come into his presence, come into the throne room of grace with boldness. God did that. Jesus made a way that now we can come bold based on a plan the Father had from the beginning of time. That's how good he is. And I'm telling you, if God is all-knowing, this is how I'm going to tie this up. If God is truly all-knowing, the end from the beginning, the beginning to the end and the in-between, then he would have always known every mistake, every fault, every failure, every fear, any time that you were going to mess up or choose to be rebellious to him, he would have known about it. If he is all-knowing, then he knows all. So even knowing the end from the beginning, every moment you would mess up, he still said, you know what? I'm going to tear the veil so they can boldly come into my presence. This is the goodness of God. Is that he saw you in your deepest, darkest, pig pen moments. And before that moment, he already chose a way for you to get out of it. And even in that moment, he made a way for you to get out of it. And even after that moment. And if that moment happened again and again and again and again and again, he will make a way out. Why? Because he's good. It is his nature. That's why it says love never fails and God is love. 
He never fails. There are no experiments in the kingdom of God. There's no experiments. Because it's not a trial thing. Will it work or will it not work? No, he never fails because he's good. So I want you to leave here equipped and understanding that, wow, maybe I haven't been viewing God as good as he really is. And I also want to break any kind of mindset that says that, that his presence is unattainable. We need to stop making the presence of God unattainable. We do that in church. I've heard pastors do it. They make it seem like the hardest thing in the world. We were talking about this driving home the other day. Like, like getting into his presence is not difficult. It's not. Before Jesus, it was. I'm sure David can teach on that one day about the priest and the sacrifices and the once a year and the craziness you had to go through back then. It was tough. What was only a priest a year or something? Was, <laughs> you could go behind the veil once a year, one guy? It's nuts. But church culture still sets that up, right? The man of God. You got to go through the man of God. Look, I'm not knocking that. I honor pastors. I do. I'm a pastor myself. I get it. Because I'm telling you, his presence is not unattainable. And we need to be careful that we never set the mark so high that somebody who's coming into the kingdom looks at that and says, I'll never get that, so what's the point? You know what I mean? There's something that's said in church cultures, and I'm soapboxing this for a second because I can. There's something that's often said in church cultures that I want to break right now. People will often say that if you want the anointing or the gifts of God or any of these other things, there's a high price to pay. How many people have heard that? There's a, I'm probably sure I've said that before. There's a high price to pay. What price is that? The greatest thing that we can lose is our life. The greatest loss anybody would ever know is a loved one leaving. Oh, I lost my car. My car got stolen. Sucks. I'll file insurance. Lost my phone. You know, whatever it may be. I, this and the other. The hardest loss in an individual's life is losing a loved one. The hardest price that we could ever pay or anything that we could ever lose is our life. And Jesus sets the stage in the very beginning. He says, hey, if you want to find your life, you got to lose it. So right off the bat, one of the greatest things you could ever lose, you got to lose it anyway. So here's what I'm going to present to you. Never make the presence or the anointing or the giftings or any of these other things so unattainable or say that there is the highest price to pay. Because I'm telling you, when you know his goodness, there is nothing, nothing too expensive. And if you have that mindset that there's this great price I have to pay, you may find yourself operating in a works mentality. And you're always trying to get to that price. You're always trying to get to that price. And you're forgetting that the goodness of God says, hey, bud, hey, I tore the veil. I did, God's saying, I tore it. I made a way that while you were yet a sinner, that you could come into my presence through sending my son. But yet as man, there's this price. And there's always this price. Guys, there's no price to be paid. I'm going to be honest with you. Are you going to have to lay down desires and things that you want to do? Sure. Yeah. Are there things that stop us from getting to the kingdom of God? Absolutely. But those things are but small potatoes compared 
to his goodness and when we see his goodness. And if we continue to display the goodness of the father, it will lead men to repentance. That's what leads men to repentance. His goodness. Not anything that you could ever give up in the beginning. See, if we think we had to give it all up first and then come to him in repentance, we got it all wrong. Because when we do come, if that's our mindset, we will keep doing works after works after works. And we'll keep giving up prices and prices and prices, thinking that one day we'll, we'll be able to get into his graces. I think that's Buddhism. Where there's steps and steps and steps and things and ride around on your bicycle and this, that and the other. That's not our God. So if you want to talk more about that, let me know. I'm not saying that you can get my, get my heart. I'm not saying that you can stay in what you're in. That's not what I'm saying. But when you see his goodness, those, those sins that so easily ensnare you, there's no price to pay. You just give it to him. And he made it very easy to do so. Amen? Amen. Stand with me, beloved. All right, I hope this equips somebody. hope it helps somebody. Because I know it did me. I love talking about the goodness of God. I love it. Beloved, what the Lord is wanting is for you to know him. I look inside this goodie bag of nifty gifties. I see a shirt. I see some of my favorite. Oh, gosh. I see some of, I see some of my favorite scents. I see coffee. But I want to highlight this for a second. This office trivia game. If you know me, I love The Office. I've loved it for years. It's just a show I put on the background sometimes and just pass out watching it. It's funny to me. It's comical. Here's what I want to say about that. Sometimes it's the little things. That when you know somebody, you know what's on their heart. You know what they like. I shared a testimony the other day at the Hub about Mike. Mike Halford, he, he uh, texted me and said, hey, I'm, I'm on my way to the Hub. I'm stopping by the store. Do you want anything? I said, yeah, get some gum. Pick us up some gum. I didn't tell him what kind of gum, but he comes to the Hub and he says, here, Johnny, I got the gum. And it's the kind of gum I like, bubblicious, bubble yum, the thick pieces of gum. That's what I like. Or bubble tape or big league chew. Take your pick. I ain't messing around with them sticks or those little, those little, man, no, give me, I want gum. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want some gum. But, but, but in being relationship and as a friend, as a brother, he knew my heart to where I didn't have to say, oh, yeah, pick up the bubblicious. He knew that I liked it. Guys, as you get closer to the Father's heart, you will know the things that are on his heart, and you'll live and operate and produce those things. The goodness of God leads men to repentance. If there's any areas in your mind where you are wrong thinking about yourself, your family, your ministry, your job, him. Allow him to reveal his goodness to you so you can repent and have your mind changed of that. Yeah. Amen. Because we're not saying stay in the sin that you're in and be okay with it. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that he is so good that all those things are easy to give up the more that you encounter his goodness. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that it's Father's Day. We thank you that we know the greatest Father, that we are accepted by the greatest Father.
Lord, I thank you that in fatherhood, there is reproduction. So I declare over each and every child of God that's in this house that there would be great reproduction in the kingdom. Discipleship at their workplace, God. They're, they're, they're setting atmospheres for people to be discipled at their school, in their ministry, at their, at their marketplace. We declare reproduction in the kingdom. And Lord, as we go home, before our night's over and the morning hours, whatever it is, Jesus, I pray that we would begin to dwell on the goodness of God. Holy Spirit, lead us into the truth of God's goodness. In any areas where we have been believing a lie of God's goodness, or we have been almost in a sense working to attain His goodness, we repent of that. We ask for forgiveness. Holy Spirit, lead us into the truth of His goodness and expose in our heart any lies, any deceit, any roots that are causing us to not see His goodness. Father, we thank you. I pray this moment be marking for us that we would continue to dwell on your goodness all the days of our life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to say this last thing and then we'll be dismissed. Love on someone. Drink some coffee. Happy Father's Day. Tell your dads happy Father's Day. But I want to say this. I want you to remember that scripture, guys. If there's anything that you're going through right now, his goodness is wanting to part away, literally part that thing down the middle so you can easily walk through it. Because there are things you got to walk through, some things you got to go through. But it's okay because in his goodness, he's making a way. So I just wanted to clear that out. I love you all.